You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 107. Well, and this is evidence of this evolution in consciousness around what it takes to invite the client to lead, not make any assumptions, offer choice. And all these years, what we did and we had a habit of doing, bless our hearts, is we would immediately go into our heads and try to figure out that brilliant first powerful question. Now that we've got the outcome and we got the measure and we're ready to roll into this phase of coaching, the body of the coaching, I call it, to ask that brilliant, powerful question, we're making an assumption. We've taken the reins of the conversation and put ourselves in the lead. We're leading the client into you know, our assumption of what to begin focusing on. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. Super excited to have you here with us. Hope that your week's going well so far and that life is good for you wherever you are listening from. We have an incredibly heavy lifting episode for you today. An awesome episode around the competency that I find both through my teaching and my mentoring, as well as my own experience, and experience in working with friends who are, we're working together to fine tune our recordings for our MCC submission, that this piece that we're going to talk about today can be a make or break for sessions at time. And that is establishing a clear coaching agreement. Now, you might have noticed that this episode is longer than our normal episode. And there's a reason for that. We're going to school today. This episode today is really so packed with information. It is much like taking a course. And our guest today, Master Certified Coach Fran Fisher, who is recognized internationally as a pioneer of the coaching industry, is going to walk us through the PCC markers for establishing a clear coaching agreement. Now, for those of you who might be saying, what in the world are the PCC markers? Good question. Let me share that with you. The PCC markers were established a couple of years ago by the ICF in order to help us better understand what we as coaches do when we are being true to the competencies within the coaching conversation. So there, each competency has a different number of PCC markers that go within that competency. There happen to be five under establishing a coaching agreement, and we are going to walk 
through each of those in today's show. I'm telling you, we really are like going to school today in a great way because whether you are a brand new coach who struggles with creating clarity around what is it specifically that the client wants to gain from today's session, or whether you've been a coach for years and years, as Fran points out in the interview, when the markers were established, it helped her get crisper and cleaner with her agreements as well. And she's been a coach forever, as you will hear from the beginning of the interview. Now, because we're going to school, there's a couple things that you might want to have on hand for today's interview. First of all, Fran has created an incredible handout for us that helps us walk through what we're going to talk about. You can download that handout from the show notes on starcoachshow.com. Under her episode, there are show notes with a link. I'm also going to have a link on the resource page at starcoachshow.com. So you can download Fran's incredible handout. I mean, she just went over the moon for this handout, such value it brings. And I put a link on the resource page and in the show notes for the PCC markers. So if you've never seen the PCC markers from International Coach Federation, this is a resource you are going to want to have just in general for your coaching, you're going to want to have the PCC markers. So that's, those are two things that you might want to actually have in hand as we go to school today, because we are going to do a very deep dive. I mean, this, there's nothing I could cut out of this episode to make it shorter because it was so good with so much core information that we just need to revisit whether we've been, like I said, coaching for decades or, or still in school, we want to hear what Fran is going to share with us today. Now, Fran, as I mentioned, is recognized internationally as a pioneer of our coaching profession. She is a published author, an international speaker. She's a founding ICF executive board member. She actually developed the credentialing programs for aspiring coaches and training schools within the ICF. She provides coaching services for individuals and small business owners, executives, and collaborative work teams. She's absolutely committed to transforming their satisfaction and fulfillment of their life and their work. And as you can tell from our interview today, she is passionate about training, coaching, and mentoring, beginning as well as experienced coaches. And I think you will hear that whether you, like I said, are new to this game or have been here a while, this interview today is something that you're going to want to take the time to sit down probably with Fran's resource and pen to be able to take notes and get some clarity around creating clear coaching agreements. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. It's a heavy packed episode. So let's jump into my episode with Master Certified Coach Fran Fisher. Fran Fisher 
thank you for coming to the Star Coach Show. It is so lovely to have you join us today. Thank you, Meg. I am so delighted to be here. Well, you know, your reputation precedes you. I was told you absolutely have to contact Fran. She's going to bring such value to the show. So for the audience's sake, Fran was kind enough to get with me. We talked about all of her specialties. She gave me a list of such wonderful things to talk about that we barely made it to this interview because I couldn't decide which one we were going to pick. And we'll share with you in a moment what I did choose. But Fran, I would love to have you share with us just a little bit about what brought you into coaching and your journey to where we are today. Oh, my goodness, Meg. It's actually my favorite story (laughs) to share. (laughs) So I used to be a workaholic, okay? Mm -hmm. And in 1989, I experienced my final fry out. I'd been trying to, you know, deal with, you know, healing this addiction off and on over a lifetime. and. I had my final fry out. And what happened, long story short, really, I'd been doing a lot of personal growth for decades in the 70s and the 80s, right? And I had all the tools. I just didn't have the courage to take the, the leap and trust that what was called for was actually turning my life inside out versus living from the outside in. Okay. Fear of judgment, not good enough, just driving, driving, driving those behaviors. And the circumstances were so overwhelming that I was in breakdown and walked a beach for a week, turned my life inside out, and the magic started to unfold for me in my life. This is my signature story. So fast forward, magic, magic, magic led me across the country. I ended up in the San Francisco Bay Area and the circumstances. I met Laura Whitworth and Henry House in a personal growth workshop. And they invited me to take their very first coaching course. It was their pilot. Oh my goodness. So for people who don't know, these are the CTI, the the beginning of of CTI. It wasn't CTI yet. Yeah, it was an idea. It was was a possibility. And I said to Laura in her enrollment conversation with me, well, I can't imagine being a coach. Meg, I have no idea what I thought a coach was. I don't know. But many people don't know what a coach is. This was way back. Okay. But she said, these skills are transferable. Uh, If you work with people, these skills are transferable. And I was in this recovery mode from these addictive behaviors. And so I said, what can I look? Anyway, I took their pilot course. I came out of that course flag-waving champion for coaching. And it was so validating for who I had been being. I had developed a process for facilitating entrepreneurs in turning their lives inside out, right? Oh, wow. Living your vision. And later I founded my school, Academy for Coach Training. I'm a little ahead of the story because Laura invited me to a symposium and there were 16 of us who founded the Personal Professional Coaches Association, which was the first international association. And I touched my passion for for transformation, a process that transforms who people are being 
and the quality of their lives, right? And so uh, again, I'm going to fast forward. We combined with ICF, we became one association. And concurrently, I was founding my own school as well as I was on the executive committee of ICF those first two years. And I was chair of the credentialing committee. So my committee developed the accreditation programs for coaching. Oh, my goodness. So, folks, we are talking to a pioneer of the coaching industry today. Absolute pioneer. And that's so exciting to have you here with us and to know that you were at that foundation and and you got bit by the coaching bug. I mean, it became so transformational for you right out of the gate. It was. Absolutely. And so... My school was one of the first three, Academy for Coach Training, that was my school, CTI and Coach U. We were the first three schools accredited by ICF. And so again, uh, as chair of the credentialing committee then, and the fact that I'd been coaching up that point, over 2,500 hours, I was grandfathered as an MCC. Mm-hmm. So I never had to take the MCC exam, guys. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, she still has incredible skill sets and is going to bring that knowledge to us today as we dive into one of the competencies that I believe is one of the most foundational as well as one of the most misunderstood in a way or can be a challenging competency. So when Fran gave me her list of, I'm not kidding you, like so incredibly important different, I think there were seven of them and you said, okay, so why don't you choose one? I decided to go with your specialty in how to establish a very strong foundational coaching agreement, because I believe that that's something that as a coach instructor in two coaching schools, I hear repeatedly that that's how do I establish a really strong coaching agreement in the session, even more so than that sort of overarching coaching agreement. And then I think that even those of us who have been coaches for many, many years need to make sure that we are exercising that muscle and that we're really staying true to that competency. So that out of all the incredible options you gave me was what we chose. And that's the path we're going to take in today's interview. So Fran, what do we need to know and think about when we consider the competency of establishing the coaching? Well, first of all, there's been an evolution in consciousness, you know, globally, we're all experiencing that as well as in our understanding of what makes for a deeply effective transformational conversation, a coach-client conversation. And so 25 years ago, when we wrote that, those competencies, establishing the coaching agreement was already, when you, we didn't give us the guidance that assessors needed to assess establishing the direction, the clarity and alignment of the coach and client. It didn't give us that. It really helps to understand the context of what's the purpose and meaning and impact that this particular element of establishing the coaching agreement has on the overall quality of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to back up, if you'll bear with me just a moment, and set this context. And it comes out of my personal definition of coaching. 
Okay. Coaching is, by the way, you're sending everyone a handout. So this is all in writing. Yes. So that is a good thing. There is a download available for this show that Fran supplied. To get your download, go to starcoachshow.com on the resource page. You will see the download. So everything that we're talking about today is going to be reinforced with the download. And thank you, Fran, for providing that for the optimal benefit of this discussion to our audience. So I, I think it'll be very helpful. Good. So my personal definition of coaching is that it is the sacred space of unconditional love where learning, growth, and transformation naturally occur. Naturally, That's powerful. Naturally occur. And if you're uncomfortable with unconditional love, you could say acceptance, you know, full acceptance of of the client and who they are and who they're being. Anyway, and so transformation, I am asked so often, but wow, I mean, are we supposed to facilitate this earth shaking, earth shifting on its axis, you know, experience for the client and every single conversation? And I go, no, transformation is simply a shift in perception. It's a shift in the client's relationship to that issue. That's a transformation. It doesn't have to be this great big hunk and, you know. Or the skies open and the angels sing. It is a shift for the client. It's a shift for the client in how they're holding, how they're being in relationship to what it is that's their challenge, their issue. Mm Mm-hmm. So it naturally occurs. This naturally occurs in a very safe space where they can show up to themselves. So what we want to be doing, my friends, is facilitating the client and getting deeper sooner. And this is what establishing the coaching agreement, it's so available to you. And I'm going to show you how. I just want that deeper sooner. So key. Deeper sooner. sooner. repeating because it's just so valid. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, and I I hear a lot of recordings and the coach will eventually get there. And then in the debrief, well, it took me so long. I can show you how you can start right out of the chute (laughs) and start moving that conversation to that deeper level. I call it the transformational zone. Okay. Oh, I I love that. Relational zone. Okay. And that's the who. It's going, it's it's exploring for who the client is being in relationship to their issue versus coaching the issue. Right. The issue are the circumstances. It's the presenting. It's it's the presenting issue. And we can almost safely say that a hundred percent is never the real issue. I think we're all pretty much agreed on that, but we forget. Right. And then we go right after that. We get seduced by the problem or let's just go after this situation and fix it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So establishing the coaching agreement, we're going to walk through these five key elements. And the first one is the focus. It's the topic. It's an answer to what have you brought today? Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. There's a distinction between that and establishing the desired outcome. A focus is, is, is a topic, 
And that first core, let's see, what is it? 2.1. 2.1 is the goal for the conversation. So there's a distinction between the topic and establishing a goal for the comment, uh, for the conversation that you and the client are clear and aligned. This is what we're going toward together in partnership. Mm-hmm. So right at the beginning, at that focus or topic phase of the conversation, this is part of establishing 2.1, establishing what the client wants to accomplish. Okay, there's a distinction. I'm repeating mm-hmm. myself. But I do want people to, so when Fran is saying 2.1, she's referring to the PCC marker for establishing the coaching agreement. There's five parts and 2.1 is what Fran's talking about. And I will actually put the PCC markers on the resource page at starcoachshow.com. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Meg. That'd be great. Yeah. So, 2.1 marker says that you establish what the client wants to accomplish in this conversation, clarify and align on a statement, I'm suggesting a statement of their ideal outcome. And then now you have an aligned on goal for the conversation, providing greater clarity and direction. All right, so let's back up to this focus. You can start right at that presenting issue. You can start taking the client deeper. For example, start asking questions about what the real issue is. So you could ask, what's important to you about addressing this topic today? Mm -hmm. Feel the difference between, let's say the topic is, you know, I'm really uncertain about what to do about something. And the first question that the coach asks is, well, tell me more about what you're uncertain about. Okay. We're right at the service level. We're heading probably towards some storytelling. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not bad or wrong. I just want to point out the difference. Okay. So uncertainty is what the client is. That's, that's what they're struggling with. So imagine a question like, well, what does this uncertainty feel like? We're taking the client deeper into the who, their relationship to uncertainty versus fixing the uncertainty. Right. Okay. How do you want to feel? How is this uncertainty serving you right now? <laughs> uh, what's a metaphor for this uncertainty that you're dancing with, you're feeling, you're experiencing right now? So these are just a few examples of how you can go immediately at that focus stage. Right. And immediately into the deep, the who, instead of the what, let, tell me more about the problem. Yeah. And, and you can take the opportunity to, to, in going deeper to further specify, like what exactly about the uncertainty is keeping you awake at night? What are your thoughts that you're having? What are your concerns? Exploring for more specificity there, you know, So then out of what you've heard, you may have heard some values, you may have heard some future state of what they want to get to. Now that's good material then to take to. Okay, so given what we've covered so far, what would be ideal to accomplish today? Got a clear distinction between the focus and the outcome part of the conversation. Okay, all right. 
So let's pretend like the client says, okay, what I want to accomplish is to be clear about making a decision. Okay. So now I'm hearing a shift. We're hearing a shift, aren't we? From uncertainty to, oh, you know what? Clarity about this decision would really handle that uncertainty, wouldn't it? Okay. So our client has just said, well, what I want for an outcome today is to be clear about making a decision. Now, the what approach could be, well, what ideas do you have so far that you could do? Okay. Problem solving. Right. Not a bad question, but more in the problem solving zone than some examples that I can demonstrate for you right now. So my client has just said, I want to be clear about making a decision. I'm not going to go with that yet because I'm wondering, and here's, I want you to hear this context. Okay. I'm wondering, have we really got the deepest, most underlying want yet? And I don't think so. So I want to ask, what will the clarity bring you when you have that? Imagine that you're crystal clear, mm-hmm. got her done, you know, and you're crystal clear. What's going to be different in your life? What will you experience differently? What, yeah, what's that bring? What does it bring? Yeah. At the MCC level, we might have even noticed an energy shift when the client said those words. And so we want to be present in the moment, noticing the nuances. We might even say, I noticed your energy shifted when you said those words. What did you notice? Now, what are you feeling? Deeper into that who territory. Fran, let me stop you there for just a second. And I can imagine that when you said back, my suspicion is that we weren't quite deep enough yet. So I want to explore that. I could hear some people in the audience thinking, well, is that assumption that the Fran's making? Is she making an assumption? And we don't want to make assumptions. So go there for me. Help the audience maybe understand that piece. Absolutely. Great question. So I want to be clear about making a decision. Let's say it's my years of experience are telling me there's a lot more territory. There's a lot more we deeper to go. Maybe. We, we're not going to push the client if they're not willing to go there, but I am going to test it. So the difference is you didn't say, I don't believe that that's as oh, deep no. as you can go. You're merely going with your gut, going with your intuition, and asking questions that help curious. the client explore. Curious. Asking a curious question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm going to move into, and I've demonstrated a little bit of it already, is moving into the PCC marker 2.3. And the definition or, or that one is coach explores what's important or meaningful to the client about what she wants to accomplish. So that's where I move to. Right. Okay. I want to find out what her motivation is because that's probably the deeper want. Clarity is going to get her something. What is that? Mm-hmm. We're curious. Yes. We're curious. What's that going to bring you? So I don't stop there yet. So now I move into what I call the, my motivation questions. What's important to you about having that clarity or what's meaningful for you about having that clarity? Or like you said earlier, what will that bring you? What will that get you? Imagine that you're clear. What's going to be different in your life now? And at the MCC level, we want to be hearing a depth of partnership, a depth of curiosity, a depth of exploration on these. Okay. 
much deeper than at the PCC level. We want to hear elements of this. but Such a difference in bringing in these different markers and the different areas that it helps us explore rather than just repeating over and over again. So what specifically are we focusing on today? I mean, over and over again, when, when there's not clarity versus using some of these, you know, what does the difference look like? And what, what about this is important to you? And all these different ways that you can help the client go deeper and deeper versus either grabbing hold of that situation and running with it with the what or repeating the same sort of question where the client is I've told you because we're we're sort of in that spin right yeah you you reminded me of my famous uh, metaphor that I like to use to that point when we stay on that problem solving level it's the equivalent of moving the deck chairs around on the titanic yes you know, if we go with the, that, that problem-solving level, that problem-solving mode, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but, you know, use this metaphor if it, if, it, if it works for you. So the client says, the ship is going down, that hasn't changed, and we ask the client what they want to accomplish, and they say, well, you know, I want to rearrange these deck chairs. Okay, great. And we roll up our sleeves and we do this. And, and the client feels good. Something got, and there was action and there were results. And they feel really good. You know, there's this release of energy like, yes. But the fact remains, and this is why I point to transformation. The fact remains that nothing fundamental has really shifted here. And the water is going to come up on the deck any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> the real underlying, you know, hasn't been, hasn't been addressed. So importance and meaning, this is the most fun and the juiciest part of establishing the coaching agreement to me is just helping, you know, just continuing to explore what will that bring you. So in your handout, there's a a list of sample questions that you could ask. Oh, love sample questions. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll touch on some of these right now so you can hear them. So the client has said, I want to be clear about making a decision, right? We've got that. All right. So we're not going to be problem solving. We're not. What's the upside? What's the downside of this decision? What's the decision you need to make? When was the time you made a wrong decision? How did you do? What a, you know, it's not that. It's what's important to you about being clear. How will your life be different when you're clear? What deep desire will be fulfilled when you have that clarity? And then shut up and let them Reflect. Another key thing, let your, if you ask a powerful question, give them a chance to answer it. Amen. What value will be, will you be honoring more fully? What would be the impact or the benefit or what will being clear look like, you know, like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had fun with this and I was imagining what might my clients say and what I came up with is, My client out of this line of questioning says, when I am clear about making this decision, and oh, by the way, a decision-making process, not just this one, right? I am going to feel more on purpose in my life. And that gave me goosebumps. Because when our clients say things like that, it's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the place that we want to help them go. And you can feel the difference. We've gone from uncertainty to, oh my God, what I really ultimately want is to feel more more on purpose in my life. 
that's what I really want. Yeah. You might even go further with this. I'm going to push this. So what will feeling more on purpose bring you? And what if the client says more joy, more fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. It's possible. Okay. So at this point, we still don't have a clearly aligned outcome. No. So we're going to check in. So based on what we've covered so far, what do you want to accomplish today? Well, I want to feel more on purpose. That's what I want. I want to feel more on purpose. Okay, so now we have an agreed on outcome for this conversation. All right, now we're going to move to uh, 2.2. They're not exactly in, in the order I'm sharing them with you, and they don't need to be. We're going to establish a measure for success. Okay, now we're going to me- measure the client's relationship to how on purpose is she feeling right now, mm-hmm. right here, a baseline. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, where does she want to get to in the course of this conversation about feeling on purpose? So 2.1 is... Or you mean 2.2. I mean 2.2. Thank you. So establishing a measure for success for what the client wants to accomplish. So I can tell you that the thousands and thousands of recorded conversations I've listened to Measure for success just often gets missed completely, you know, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. Or if it's not missed completely, it's not tied to the desired outcome. Here's the hot tip from Fran Fisher, okay? (laughs) The hot tip is that the way 2.2 reads, establishing a measure for success for what the client wants to accomplish in the conversation, in the session. So when we establish that, we want to tie it to the outcome, not just throw out. So on a scale of one to 10, somewhere in the conversation, you know, it's not tied to the outcome. Yeah, you've done some scaling and that's great. It was probably relevant and appointment, relevant and appropriate in the moment. Mm -hmm. But when you're establishing the coaching agreement, you want to establish the measure for success tied to the outcome. So it could be a subjective measure like, The client says, well, right now, I'm just feeling foggy and ungrounded. How do you want to be feeling by the end of the conversation? I want to be feeling that that clarity that's like the rock of Gibraltar. I just feel like I've got this. I've got both feet on the ground. You know, so there's this somatic, kinesthetic description. You can measure that. You can check in on that. Mm -hmm. Or you can use the scaling or what I prefer to do is listen, you know, how would you measure that? Leave it open. Mm -hmm. How would you measure, you know, or how would you speak of where you are now and let them show me what their preferred processing style is. Right. Right. And also Um, so that we don't just assume we don't assume what, what that means to them. So if I want to be living more on purpose or I want to be more grounded to that, I'm not off to the races assuming that I know what that means to the client. I don't know what that specifically right. means or how we're going to know we're there by the end of the session. And sometimes uh, they they surprise me, like with an objective measure, for example, I may be assuming like she's going to say two on a scale of 10 and, and she says eight, <laughs> you know, I've got, whoa, you know, or three or five or five or six or whatever it is. 
And what I like to do at that point in time is go, oh, well, you're on the mat. You've got, you know, you're at a five. What does that represent for you? What does the five represent? So the client has already got the opportunity to look and see, I'm already partway there. Mm-hmm. And, and they get to give themselves that acknowledgement and that awareness, that self-awareness. And I might even ask at that point, what are you learning about yourself that you just noticed? Huh? And tie that learning in. Also, I find that when they're already at a five or a six or whatever, when we can say, well, goodness, what have you already done to be at that five or that? It, it's, it brings them from the lack that maybe they felt at the very beginning part of the session to, oh my gosh, look at where I already am. And we can build then build moving on. forward from that. Yes. Yes, exactly. So well said, Meg. So well said. Ah, yes. Okay. So So we've moved in the coaching agreement now. We've looked at what does the client want to work on? What's important about that to the client? You just gave us some great tips on how do we get success measures or how can we help the client get clearer about that? What's next? What's next? And and I love picking up on your, you know, you've already talked about assumptions several times. What's next is 2.4. This is a, this is something that, well, let me read the 2.4, PCC marker 2.4. Coach helps the client define what the client believes he or she needs to address in order to resolve what she wants to achieve. Right. Now, did you hear that? What the client believes she needs to address or resolve in order to achieve that outcome. Okay. This is a piece that I often hear missing when, when a coach is working around an agreement and such an important piece of the agreement. Well, and this is evidence of this evolution in consciousness uh, around what it takes to invite the client to lead, not make any assumptions, offer choice. And all these years, what we did and we had a habit of doing, bless our hearts, is <laughs> We would immediately go into our heads and try to figure out that brilliant first powerful question. Now that we've got the outcome and we got the measure and we're ready to roll into this phase of coaching, the body of the coaching, I call it, you know, to ask that brilliant, powerful question, we're making an assumption. We've taken the reins of the conversation and put ourselves in the lead. Mm-hmm. We're leading the client into you know, our assumption of what to begin focusing on. Now, many times that assumption might be, you know, spot on. Right. However, if we were to follow the markers, what would we be doing instead? What we'd be doing instead is asking a question like, okay, so we've we've got, you know, we're clear on the outcome that you want to achieve. And you've also, I'm, I'm reflecting, you've also stirred up lots of aspects about this issue for yourself. So what do you really think or feel or believe, depending on my client's processing style, I'll use a language, right? Mm -hmm. What do you believe would be the most important piece of that to address to achieve that outcome you want? And then we go from there. So it takes us out of the driver's seat, firmly puts the client back into that driver's seat and gives them something to really 
harvest, think through, pull from within where they really do need to begin. Yeah. And what I've noticed since I've been practicing this for the last couple of years, since since we developed the markers, I am more often not surprised. They pick something that wasn't wouldn't have, wouldn't have been in your in your repertoire to pull forward. No, wouldn't have been my assumption. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So now I'm a real, real believer, a champion on this one. So that's what 2.4 is about. And that's that first opportunity and presence to you know, where we're demonstrating offering choice, 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 offering choice, mm-hmm. inviting the client to lead the conversation. Where Believing you- that the client has it within themselves to lead the conversation. And then 2.5 is about, has the coach demonstrated that they have supported? uh, Sort of honored that agreement throughout the session. Throughout the conversation, Mm -hmm. okay? Unless otherwise indicated, Mm -hmm. okay? Unless otherwise indicated, right? So what would that look like, you know? So, So for an assessor... Let's say you've submitted a recording for an exam for your PCC or MCC. The assessor is listening for these first four mm-hmm. in establishing the coaching agreement. 2.5 is broader. We're listening to the pattern throughout the whole conversation. And what kinds of things are the assessors listening for? Yeah. Well, for one, for sure, is checking in at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, checking back, checking on that measure for success. That will demonstrate it. If the client has an insight, something unexpected shows up underneath, you know, as, as, as they're exploring, that's an opportunity to check in. So you've just had this epiphany, this, this insight, just, you know, check in. Is this new direction you want to go to follow this deeper or stay with the original outcome? Offer the choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's their choice. If if the conversation veers off on a sidetrack, check in. Offer them choice. Don't assume and reel them back without checking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we used to call that managing progress. You know, we used to think, okay, reel the client back, keep them focused. But now we have a new understanding of at, at higher levels of mastery. Mm-hmm. that yet again is an opportunity to offer choice. And the client might say, oh my gosh, no, that was, I do want to get back on track. Or they might very well say, oh my goodness, I just realized through processing this with you that that isn't even the real issue. The real issue is exactly where we're going right now. And I need I need to figure out how this is impacting me or what this relationship looks like or whatever it is that has been that epiphany that has come up for the client through the process of working with you as their coach. Fran, thank you for sharing sort of those different elements of the coaching agreement. I'm curious, in your experience, what is the cost to an exchange, to a discussion that doesn't have that clarity around the coaching agreement? Yeah, that's a good question because there is impact in in the other competencies. For example, if if the outcome is ambiguous and, and an outcome hasn't actually been established, how can we how can we actively listen toward toward the agreement, huh? How can we check 2.5? 
in the direction of the desired outcome when an outcome hasn't been established, okay, we may have missed, the observer is hearing missed clues that could have been explored more fully. And so that would be in presence, 4.2, not observant, not responsive. It could impact active listening, doesn't inquire or explore about the client's use of language. Mm-hmm. Maybe the emotion has been missed. Mm-hmm. An energy, their energy shift. There's in powerful questioning, it's 6.4, asking questions that help the client explore beyond their current thinking towards the outcome. And that's what I like to point out with the students that I work with is that so many of the competencies are built around the outcome and how we're responding and honoring the outcome is if you don't have a clear outcome, how do we know that in in many ways how the other competencies do suffer in response to that because we can't fully sort of explore those competencies if we're not tethered or anchored to a clear outcome. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, what didn't I ask you about the outcome, if anything, that you would like to share as we wrap up our time together today? So I often have uh, beginning coaches or PCC coaches that I mentor who say, I really have a hard time getting the whole conversation in, in 30, 60 minutes, whatever. And what I know for sure is the more you, well, they have, student coaches often have this belief that they discover that they have to get establishing the coaching agreement out of the way so they can get to the coaching. When you practice establishing the coaching agreement, you will discover that establishing the coaching agreement is the coaching. Exactly. It's not separate. And there's so much work that the client does in processing, taking them deeper into that transformational zone that you've got in 20 minutes, typically, sometimes a little longer. Sometimes the whole conversation is establishing the coaching agreement. Fine, let it be. Right? But it accelerates the process. I find in my experience that when the establishing the coaching agreement is really well done, mm-hmm. the client is ready to move. They're so clear. They're energized to go into and the rest is just and the oh. rest. Just, mm-hmm. You experience this, you know, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of it just goes like grease lightning because all the work and the clarity or whatever was that so that at the point that it is, and you're doing powerful questioning and active listening, you're doing all those things. You're it's not like you're, you're holding off to do any coaching until the coaching agreement is established. It's all happening. And then it can become very clear about, oh my goodness, this is what I want to experiment with, or this is what I'm going to do next to move myself forward because all of that has been handled as we help the client get clear about the value that they want to walk away with. Yeah. So relax into establishing the coaching agreement. Let it take what it takes. I so often get, well, how much time should I spend on, you know, establishing coaching agreement? I'm telling you, get relax, allow that process to be fully explored and you'll notice the difference. And, you know, in all fairness, I think that that's a shift within 
the coaching sort of community as well. I know that back when I did my certification over a decade ago, there was this bit of, you know, you got to get your coaching agreement done. I mean, that was sort of even taught, but I love the evolution that has happened. I think the PCC markers have helped with that. And just the willingness of the coaching industry to continue to grow and explore and evolve to truly meet the needs of our clients and, and to be an art. So thank you for helping us become more artful in establishing the coaching agreement today. Oh, it was so fun to share. (laughs) It was fun to have you here. Thank you. So there you are. So much incredible information I'm sure you're all just needing to kind of take a breath now. If for some reason you were unable to download the handout prior to the listening to the episode, you can get the handout, get more information about Fran Fisher at the resource page, starcoachshow.com, as well as in our show notes at starcoachshow.com under her episode number 107. So thanks again to Fran Fisher for bringing such incredible information to the show. Next week, we are going to be talking with Alexandria Hilton, who is another master certified coach who has a global practice. And she's going to talk to us about working with different people and different coaches around the world. It's fascinating. You're going to love Alexandria. So be sure to come back to the show next week. Never miss an episode if you subscribe. And if you're enjoying the show, leave a rate and review. It helps bring more people to the show and allows us to spread the news of professional coaching around the globe. So until next week, this is Meg Renschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Come back and see us again next week. Bye-bye.